Atomicast. Hello, Atomics, and welcome to Atomicast. This is the podcast exclusively for Atomic members. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about how to launch, okay? Some launch strategies that you can use to maximize your potential when you're launching whatever it is you want to launch. This is kind of based on Atomicon, as you may know. Recently, we did an awesome flash sale launch. Uh, last year, we did a flash sale launch. It went really well. This year, we sold almost double uh, the amount that we did last year, even though the, the price was twice as much. So the launch strategy that we've been using, I think it's been working pretty well. It's done us really well, and we're really, really proud of, of the launch. So... Yeah, what and this is learn? based on what members of us does. So a few mm. members of us does, guys, I couldn't get away from Atomicon whilst you were in that launch phase. So, like, what did you do? Like, what's your thought processes around that? So that's what we just kind of wanted to chat about in this podcast episode. And when we were launching Atomicon, and pretty much when we launch ev- anything, mm. we look at it as a three-pronged approach, right? So prong number one of this three-pronged approach is is building hype around that launch date. We don't just want to launch on a on the day that you can buy the tickets and say, hey, we're doing this thing, right? So you'll notice there's almost like pre-launch phase where we're telling people when tickets are going to be on sale and start teasing them. Now, I feel like this maybe annoys some people because they just want to buy tickets, but it's <laughs> building the hype, right? It's building the hype towards that date. So when the cart opens on that date, you've got people already giving you that momentum to get the launch out to as many people as possible. Yes. Yeah? Yeah, it helps to extend that launch period almost in the awareness phase for it. Yeah, and what we did for Atomicon is we, we did, you do that really easily. We just had a pre-register form that we had on our website and people could pre-register for tickets. We gave them some benefits and we started teasing the event. Yeah, basically we just started talking about mm-hmm. it, teasing potential speakers, what's going to happen, when it's going to be launched, some, maybe some trailers, you may some be, videos. Some things we sometimes do as well is just like drip out a few details. Like, yes. for example, this year we teased that there was going to be an epic new venue. Mm-hmm. And just things <laughs> like that. We may have whispered in a few people's ears and told them the venue. So it started like spreading mm-hmm. on the grapevine. And told them explicitly not to tell anybody, yeah, which, which they did. Of course they did. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> what so, we also so did someone, on that as well, sorry, was no. also uh, we actually boosted that out and we tried to get some more hype by raising that awareness and just spreading the word as far as wide with some Facebook ads as well. Yeah, at the actual event, we kept on hearing whispers like people kept on coming up and asking us, guys, so what is this venue that people are like teasing? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's talking about what the, the, the new venue is going to be. It's like, oh, really? No one should have known about that Nobody new venue. Nobody should know. <laughs> Naughty, naughty. <laughs> All right, so the second prong is overutilize your own content channels. So when we're <laughs> launching anything, even though we're still do, do, doing the 90-10 rule on our main content, but when we are launching anything, we look at all the different places we can be talking about it, right? So just make a list of where you have an audience, all the different social networks, your email list, your website, all these different places. And step one is just knowing where all of those are. Yeah, and, and push the boundaries to all the things that you can use. So we actually clear like clear our schedule completely mm-hmm. for the launch. We don't want to be doing anything else. We don't want to be talking about anything else. We don't want anything else taking up our time. 
we are 100% focused on getting this everywhere, like overly uh, utilize all of our channels. Like we did stories, we did posts, we did ads, we did lives, we did everything we possibly could on every, every possible platform to get the word out there. And a lot of this is scheduled in advance, but mm -hmm. we're also, because we've cleared that week, it allows us to react to things. So yes. for example, we got a message from someone who was who had heard some grumblings on some posts somewhere that it was only one day and would it be worth the trip? Mm -hmm. So just being able to kind of react to that in your launch because you've got the time to do that is really important. So yes. a lot of the content was scheduled before, but we're also creating content during that week in real time based on questions or concerns or any yes. kind of negative feedback we're getting. Exactly. You want to... Um, it's objection handling, basically. Mm -hmm. So we were able to do a whole Facebook Live about should you come from abroad? If you're, if you're not from Newcastle, you are even in the UK, should you still come to this event and why? What's it about? How easy is it? And we answered loads of questions. A lot of secondary conversion content in a the lot. launch period. Answer all of those kind of questions um, through email as well. Mm -hmm. So email is another big one for any kind of launch. You want to overutilize your email list. Let people opt out of getting messages about that specific thing. So if you noticed after day one, we started putting at the bottom of emails, if you want to opt out of Atomicon 2020 notifications, but stay subscribed to us, just click here. And remember guys, with any launch, you want to sell more than what you feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So in the last launch period, and the last flash sale last year, we did three emails, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. This year, we did Monday, we did Tuesday was linking to our YouTube video. Which was talking which about Which was this. talking about it and selling it in that email. We did Wednesday, I think we did Thursday, did we yeah, Thursday we did well? Thursday, yeah. We did Thursday and we did three emails on Friday. So, yeah, we did feel a tiny bit uncomfortable, but we were following our own rules. We were like, oh, that's a lot of emails. But you know what? If we felt comfortable with the amount of emails, we're probably not doing as many as we should. And what was funny is that like, like it didn't increase in unsubscribers that much, like, throughout the week. In fact, like, not at all, really. Mm -hmm. And people on the last email, the very last email that was, like, Friday at 9 p.m., mm -hmm. people were still like, oh, what's this? Like... Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, I better get my ticket fast. I mean, come on. We've done everything. We've sent, like, loads of emails. We've bombarded every platform. How could they not know about this? Okay. So it's pretty crazy. Now, um, also on this, mm -hmm. update everything that you have, every space that you have available, okay, for your launch. For example, on your website. Is it on your website? I know for Atomicon, it's a different website. It's a different landing page. So we didn't have anything on our website at first. We changed that. We put it on our homepage. We put a hello bar, which is a little tiny pop-up at the top of your website. We put that on our website. Our social media bios, we changed them so it mentioned the event. Um, although I think maybe we missed a couple, but we could. I don't do think it we've more. actually changed the back of time of recording. No, we should. I think yeah. I might, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got all this opportunity available so that. Wherever people come across you, they need to know about this event. So just cover all bases. That's how you get the effect that they can't get away from it. Yes.
Yeah, so the, the first prong was build hype around that launch date. The second prong was overutilize your own channels. And the third prong that we always um, use is utilize other people's audiences. Yes. So you almost want to make a list of who else's audience can you tap into. So for Atomicon 2020, we had like five main other audiences. So we had the speakers and their audiences. We had attendees for 2019. We had attendees for 2020. So people who were buying their tickets, can we get in front of their audiences? We had other communities that were coming together at Atomicon. That was kind of added halfway through the week. Mm -hmm. And our own support network. So our own masterminds, our own friends in the industry that we can kind of call on to help us. And all of these people we super, super appreciate. Like we love them to bits, like massively. Mm -hmm. Because they're the people that help us build this hype. And if everyone else is talking about it, and you start to see it pop up in like five different people's news feeds, you can't help but pay attention to it and check it out. Yeah, so you almost want to think about all these different audiences, and then the question we ask ourselves is, right, how do we make this as easy as possible for people? So we'll say to our speakers, look, we've pre-wrote these posts, we've got all these social graphics here. If there's anything that you need that we can do for you, just let us know and we'll send it. Yeah, um, attendees for 2020, we had the pink square challenge. Like we made it really fun <laughs> yeah. and really easy. And then halfway through the week, we switched the pink square challenge to post this graphic and then tag someone in that needs to come. Like make it really easy. Think of clever ways where you can help spread that word. We even sent an email to the people that have bought a ticket mm -hmm. and asked them to find someone and tag someone and just let them know about the event. If, you know, 100 people tell another 100 people, that's 200 people, and it grows and it grows. Yeah. Uh, attendees for 2019, we did things like, do you want the photos from the event? And we got, we paid our photographer a little bit more to kind of rush those through. So we had them on the Monday for when everyone was doing the write-ups so they could start sharing them. Yeah, so we had all the write-ups coming out, talking about how amazing the event was. Mm -hmm. in the flash sale week oh and by the way this event was amazing and there's a flash sale so again it's like everyone's blogging about it talking about it and they're, they're posting they're tagging the friends and it all of a sudden builds this incredible hype which is amazing and what we also kind of like an overarching thing to all this is just the excitement that you show about it if you're proud and excited to to launch this thing that you're launching then you that can that can be like uh, what's the word like transferred to other people like mm. other people can get infused by that so when we had this whole pink square challenge people like loved the idea that they were part of this exciting secret like project and it all of a sudden was almost cool and fun for them to post about it rather than hey i'm paying you a big favor by doing this and this is you know oh i don't know if i should do this like it's making people feel excited for you camaraderie mm, it's yeah and i think that's like not only heartwarming and, and awesome for us but i think it helps to build that community even more um let, let the community build the hype yes so there we go guys that's a three-pronged approach that we used on atomicon 2020 and pretty much every launch build the hype around that launch date so you've got the momentum Overutilize your own channels and think about how you can tap into other people's audience in a clever way. And if you can be excited about it, you can never oversell because, hey, everyone else is going to be excited about it too. Whoop, whoop.